1: Welcome to a weekly look at all things high school sports around the South Plains.
0: Powered by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. Here's the Lone Star Varsity
1: Podcast. Hey everybody and welcome to week two of the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Alexis Cubitt, the high school sports writer at the Lubbock Avalanche Journal. And today I'm joined by Ryan King, the sports director at KLBK. Ryan, thanks for coming on with me.
2: Of course, it's been a while since we got to do these podcasts. It's pretty awesome we're getting uh, getting back to it. Didn't know if this season would happen, but not only do we have a season, we're actually recapping a whole uh, uh, weekend, a whole Friday night of a slate of games. So it's good to not only just be here, but actually have experienced some games, so we right. actually know we're getting into it now. You know, it's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely. So we'll just go ahead and, and jump right into it. I know, like you said, just really glad to be able to get out and cover some games Obviously, the, uh, the COVID-19 UIL mandated guidelines were in place, but I didn't really feel like it had much of an effect on at least our jobs. I don't know if it was different for you, but it was just kind of, you know, spaced out in the press box and, and, you know, don't obviously go, which you shouldn't do anyway, go up to players without coaches' permissions. Uh, did you notice anything really different?
2: So uh, I was out at Water and Abernathy, and we'll get to that one. But um, not being, you know, a, a huge atmosphere, like there was definitely people there. Uh, not great social distancing, but everyone's wearing masks. So I know that, you know, the, the rules of social distancing are a little less when you do have the masks on everything. Mask, yeah. uh, I had to wear a mask. Like no one said anything, but, you know, as I'm walking in all that. But once you get to the game and you're literally standing by yourself on the sideline, <clears throat> then I took it off because you're running up and down and everything. But honestly, it didn't feel – too crazy different because now I feel like we're so far into this. Now we're used to wearing the mask and being around other people who are wearing the mask. But um, no, I think people were being pretty responsible as a whole. They were spaced out when they needed to be. They were wearing masks when they needed to be. But other than that, I, I actually thought after the first drive of that game, it really felt like a normal um, August, a normal high school football Friday night, which was a, a pretty nice to get back to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we had some some good ones. Uh, go ahead and start with. Estacado and Greenwood rematch of the uh, Class Four A Division Two quarterfinals. Um, I guess you know I've said that's the game I went to. Um, I think coming in, everybody kind of knew this is going to be one that obviously Estacado wanted revenge, Greenwood wanted you know obviously just to start off the season with the win. Um, but you know they ended up losing, um, but not for lack of an effort, of course. I think the defense really came on strong. I think I had written about that, how that was going to kind of be a question mark. And I think they answered a lot of those things with some guys kind of stepping up. Um, Anthony Hawkins being the leading tackler. Elijah Willard had a big tackle for loss thing. It was like negative seven yards um, on a fourth down. So I, I mean, I, I think, and I, I think Coach Cooley would agree. I mean, there's nothing to really, you know, be down about other than, of course, just not getting the win. But the defense looked really, really good. And a lot of guys definitely stepped up where they needed to. They just came across an All-State player in Trey Cross. And, you know, but I think it's a lot that they can grow from.
2: Yeah, obviously, uh, our our weekend anchor, Caleb K. Leah Doherty made the trip down to Midland. But uh, what I got to see from the game, got to see a good amount of it um, between feeds, highlights, all that. I agree. First of all, Trey Cross looked very good. That, that that's that's a true running back right there. That's a the tough guy. Which is so funny that Estacado was generally known for their rushing attack, and now they're going against a guy like that. That's that's just really tough to tough to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. Estacado. We talked about this this last week. Coach Cluely did say obviously they want to win. That's their goal. They're going in there to win. But he gave hints throughout the summer, throughout this last week. The ultimate thing was not going to be, an, and if he's saying this to us, he's definitely talking to his team about this. Mm-hmm. This was not just win or lose, everything's going to die on that hill. Coach Cooley said in the offseason he specifically wanted Greenwood week one because he's fairly confident he will see them again in the postseason, just like he did last year. And he knows it's going to be a tough game. It was a tough game, they didn't quite get it done. But Even with everything they lost from the playoff game to now, you could see a more competitive game this time around than it was in the playoffs. It felt like both times it felt like Greenwood would probably win. But in the playoffs, there was no doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought the score was even a little deceiving with how it ended up being that the game was really never in doubt as far as Greenwood was going to win. Mm -hmm. Estacado in this game, it felt at a certain point Greenwood started to pull away. But Estacado, I mean, they were the first ones to score. Their defense was locked in early on. And the defense, you and I talked about this, Alexis. They only gave up 28. I- I'm sure Coach Cooley would say that's too much, and they shouldn't give up more. But against a team like Greenwood, that's really manageable. That that is not an insurmountable yeah. amount to give up. The problem is scoring 12 points against one of the better teams you're going to play all year. But no, I, I think there's plenty. Coach Cooley want to pass the ball better. I think they see where that that can grow. They want to run the ball better. They know where that can grow. The defense can probably shore up some things, but they're probably not going to face another offense like Greenwood. So while it probably leaves a bad taste in their mouth, especially – I mean, more than anything, Coach Cluey is going to have to manage this team so much different than last year. This time last year, they beat Coronado. They were flying high after week one. They finished the season undefeated, all that. This year, it's the opposite. They are in a deficit, and they're going to have to come back from it. And week two doesn't really get any easier. I'm very curious to see how Coach Cluey and how the team as a whole – battles from a totally different adversity than what it was last year.
1: Yeah, I think the the cliche that would apply here is either you win or you learn. You know, they're going to definitely learn some things about themselves because the thing is, you know, these games are – I'm not going to say I said it, but I heard a coach describe it as glorified scrimmages, the pre-district stuff, because it doesn't really count toward your playoff. It just kind of sets you up for um, good – district runs so that you can do really well in the playoffs. And I think that was kind of the mindset of scheduling, you know, a, uh, a Greenwood, a Dumas and Andrews who they'll play a couple weeks from now. Oh, you, know, you want to get those lessons in because you know, you have a young team. Um, but I think there's, there's grace for growing, but at the same time, they know the standard. So it's not where they're going to say, well, we're going to play, you know, some other teams that maybe will help these guys along. It's like, no, you're going to get thrown in the deep end and you need to figure out if you're going to swim or not. Um, And I think even with just the young offensive line, uh, you know, that will be a major area of growth for them, but I think it's definitely manageable. And I think that they'll be in good shape um, when that time comes for the playoffs, which will, like we said, look a lot different this year. Um, But yeah. And then the next one you went to shallow water Abernathy. Um, I was really surprised. Um, by the score 26-6 in the, the Mustangs' favor, which got Coach Brian Wood his 180th career win. So congratulations, to Coach Wood, on that. Brian, what did you see from that game?
2: Man, it, it felt like for years, ever since I've been here, this is my fourth football season here, and the last three, Bryson Daly's been out there at Abernathy. And rarely did they fall into a hole, but if they did, you would trust, okay, it's Abernathy, it's, it's Bryce Daly. They're going to come right back down to score. They're going to come back, and they nearly always did. So, all, while we knew the Dailies, both Bryson and Daryl, were not there for this game, it still had that feeling of, okay, Shallow Water immediately went down and scored. It's pretty good because Abernathy is supposed to have a pretty, a fairly good defense. So, I was like, okay, well, you know, first drive. A lot of stuff can happen first drive in an entire season. But I, you expect Abernathy to drive right back down. And they did. They got about to the 20 or 25 or so. They got stopped. Shallow water went down again. They scored again. It was 14 nothing. It was like, okay, maybe Abernathy's going to – put it together. They drove all the way down to the five yard line. Shallowwater stopped them on a goal line stand. And from that point, it was, it was basically over at that point. And it was surprising to see Abernathy not be able to just start clicking on offense. Like I said, it is game one with, with uh, Justin Wiley at head coach, Jess Hole at quarterback. They still have plenty of time to figure it out. And Shallowwater is a good team. Sure. Yeah. But so I don't, I don't want to bury them too much, but I would like to praise Shallow Water. they, Sure. Reg- regardless of what the talent turnover is, Abernathy has a tradition. They have guys back from last year's team that's been playing for years. Shallowwater looked good. Pax Townsend, at quarterback, he was hitting long passes. Stop it. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Batson, I mean, my my goodness, man. They, they gave a sweep to him uh, when they were on about the 5 or 10-yard line. You knew he was going to get him. Mm-hmm. They just have such a multifaceted offense. And I think that's why – after it was 14-0 instantly – and the rest of the way, it was only like twelve to six. Shallow, mm-hmm. I just think shallow water came out, and Abernathy was not ready for how quick they were going, the different options they had, the different ways their offense was hitting, which is part of what Coach Wood does as a head coach. But I was I was very impressed by shallow water. What it, it, it seemed, I, I'm not gonna say as good as they were in 2018 when they made a really really good run. But it definitely seemed like they have no doubt taken a step from last season. I think getting a win over Abernathy like that, and then they're at home again this week, uh, you get you start off 2-0. One of those wins coming off, coming over a top-10-ranked team in Abernathy, even if they are struggling with some things, I was very surprised to see that game. Not not as shocked to see Shallow Water win, but to see them the way win the way that they did was mm-hmm. honestly very impressive. And I, I, I now expect bigger things out of – the Mustangs, than I did going into the game. But I was very impressed by what I saw from the offense. And the defense was locked in as well, not letting Abernathy do any sort of quarterback runs. Uh, they, they let one break, and then they locked down. So I, I think Shallowater's sitting really good already, honestly, in week one.
1: I think the thing is that, yes, Abernathy has tradition, which is well noted. But Shallowater does too. You know, they had – I think it was two out of three seasons at one period they won the district championship. You know, um, like you mentioned, the, the really good run they had where they went undefeated up until, what was that, the regional semifinals in 2018, um, and just had some really good players. So there's definitely that that feeling there, that intangible there of, you know, this is the standard, this is what we're going we're gonna to do. Um, you know, last year, obviously, they only had, I think, like, one or two guys that had had any kind of starting varsity experience um, lining up the first Friday. This year, they have five on both sides. So that definitely, I think they're feeling a lot more confident, especially when you've got a running back like Josh Easley. Um, and then, like you said, you add on Bax Townsend, who's only a sophomore, mind you, that was able to, to go in and really shine on the first um, first night of the season. Um, Caleb Batson there at wide receiver, like you mentioned. So I think, you know, it definitely was a, a good confidence boost for a team that, you know, maybe didn't have the best luck last year Something and go their way, or think games kind of just slipped away from them. Um, and then, as far as Abernathy goes, I mean, that's a lot of new going on at the program. You've got two of the main positions are occupied by somebody else in the quarterback and the head coach. So I think, um, just like we said about Estacado, Abernathy's definitely going to have some growing pains, um, and we'll just see, you know, how things kind of work out. Obviously, the continuity factor in having the defensive coordinator as a head coach now is good because the defense, you know, there's nothing to change there. It's just kind of continuing on. Um, but, yeah, definitely looking for for that growth this week when they play um, play Slayton. I believe that game is at Slayton.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, Slayton coming in, they, they got their week one victory. So, it's going to be – That's, I think it's a big game between Slayton and Abernathy for both teams because – if Slayton can pull off that what we would assume would be an upset and start off 2-0, and that would be something different for the Tigers than we've seen in, you know, years. Now, they've gone to the area around the last two years in the playoffs, but beating Abernathy, I guarantee Slayton would uh, uh, feel pretty good about themselves if they got that win over the Antelopes. But let's look at the opposite way. I think what's more intriguing, what if Abernathy loses that game? What if they go from 12-2 and two the last two seasons, making it to the state, uh, you know, quarters last year, and then – they start off 0 and 2 this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, they, that talk about we talk about Estacado facing adversity. Abernathy would be facing some adversity that they haven't in quite a long time.
1: That definitely would be because they don't play in an easy district. You know, you got teams like Idaloo and, you know, Roosevelt's getting a lot better, Coahoma, Stanton. Um, so that would definitely, Regan County um, coming in that district who's new, replacing Colorado City. So, I think they definitely uh, – they're going to have to put together some wins to, to be able to, um, to get things going. But, yeah, that would, that would definitely be some adversity there um, for sure. Like you mentioned, that's actually uh, Coach Lawrence Johnson's first win there at Slayton, the 2014. Yeah. Actually kind of an interesting game because it came down to a last second pass, I think, with like less than 10 seconds left. They got that win over uh, over Snyder. Um, mm-hmm. Other ones I kind of want to mention, Idaloo beat Denver oh. 41-7. That's a nice My one. My
2: goodness. <laughs>
1: <It feels>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that one was – we talked about that one last week. Denver City's not a bad team. They really aren't. But mm-hmm. Idaloo, I, I kind of expected them. They didn't have a whole lot of starters returning last year. But the way Coach Lofton coaches, the way that team lives – is by, like, they are the stereotypical West Texas, like, hard-nosed, gritty team, mm-hmm. and you like that, and a team was like, will it translate to the field? And I think you saw in week one, Idaloo is not messing around this year. They, yeah. that Denver City team, even if that Denver City team is average, they completely had, they had no chance in that game. It was a complete domination by Idaloo. So now my standards for Idaloo went from like, oh, I think they could take a step to be like a good team this year, you great, now I'm expecting, I'm not saying a state championship, but I'm I'm expecting them to be very good now.
1: I don't know. I've been kind of kind of saying it in my previews and talking about it on our uh, on the radar. But they got a little bit of that ten year you know state title magic that maybe is really kind of in, uh, infused in them. And then obviously playing on a, a new turf field, it's kind of nice.
2: Oh, the yeah, you, the the field's gonna do. But do you know, uh, ten years ago, you know who uh, was their only loss that season? They won the state championship. Who was that? Roosevelt. Who is now? The last time Roosevelt beat Idaloo was the year Idaloo won the state championship. And now you see Idaloo's getting better and you see Roosevelt uh, with a really good, almost shut out victory against River Road. Like that rivalry could mean a lot come later this year.
1: Yeah, that's definitely when I went and talked to uh, Coach Landers there earlier this season, he's like, yeah, that's going to be the one, you know, you want to come to is that Idaloo Roosevelt game, which I mean, I know it's it's early, you know, you don't want to play too soon, but knock on wood, that could have the potential of being a really, really good game. Um, like you mentioned, Roseville beating River Road 25-2, that's a really good way to start the season. Um, I actually have to look. I don't know the last time. I know last year they broke a lot of records or did a lot of things that they hadn't done in a while, so I have to check to see. Um,
2: I, I do know they're looking for their – first back-to-back playoff appearances since 1985-1986. Yeah. Uh, whenever I talked to Coach Landers, that'd be pretty awesome to make history for going to the playoffs back-to-back years for only the second time ever, but first time mm-hmm. in 35 years, and not a bad start for a River Road team that's generally pretty competitive, and to basically shut them out, that's a thats a good start. And they're they at home again this week. Um, yep. Could be a good start for Roosevelt if they can start 2-0, especially getting to host those two games.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So I'm going back in the the old archives, and I'm at 2016. Um, no, so it's been a while since they've started off the season with the win. Needless to say, um, so shout out to them. They'll have a new home at home this week. What a huge win over a Odessa, Odessa Compass Academy, 51 to zero. So a lot of
2: matchup. That's a fun matchup, Roosevelt and New Home. That'll be—I really think it's between New Home's offense and Roosevelt's defense. That'll be. I mean, the, the offense scored fifty-one, and Roosevelt's defense allowed two. So that's going to be. A, maybe we'll find somewhere in the middle there, but that's going to be a yeah. pretty. That, I think this game will really tell us because maybe River Road's down. Who knows? We don't know much about Odessa Compass Academy. I mm-hmm. think if one of these teams looks the exact same as they did the week before, I think. You can start expecting those type of performances. If, I, if we see Roosevelt go in and beat New Home 38 to 7, I think we can start ex- having higher expectations for Roosevelt. If we see New Home come in and beat Roosevelt 51 to 10, uh, we can probably start expecting more things out of New Home. So I, I think this is a really big matchup in a way that it will tell you a lot about each team when it's over.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think that will. Um... Definitely be one to watch out for, um, and then new home is just now kind of really getting, you know, their their bearings in eleven man, you know, because they have played in six man for so long. I believe this is the third or fourth year um, that they've played eleven man. So I mean, they're kind of getting things going. And because I am a very determined person, I found <laughs> when Roosevelt's last uh, season opening win was, and that was 2014 against La Misa, and they won 45 to 34. So there you go. It's been six years. Six years, yeah. So then moving forward, I mean, we're gonna go ahead and kind of move forward into this week. Uh, definitely a lot more good games. Um, I think you said you'll be at Estacado Dumas. Estacado gets Dumas at home, which will be another tough one. They beat Smonel forty-eight to eight in a three quarters. That game got called because of lightning. So Dumas will definitely be one that. Um, you know, grow or learn.
2: That that Dumas team's no joke. It's tough to go from Greenwood to at, at least it's a home game. Uh, we get to be at Lowry for the first time this year, but my goodness, that a uh, first game to go from Greenwood to Dumas. And yes, that, that Seminole team. People may know, that Seminole team is not bad right. for it to be forty-eight to eight in just three quarters. I mean, that that Dumas team. There's a reason they're ranked. Uh, number eight in the state. Like, th- there's a reason that team is good, and definitely not saying Estacado doesn't have a chance. They can definitely win this game.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. But if they do start off
2: 0 and two, and last year they were 10 and 0 when the regular season ended, it's going to be some different adversity. And they're, they're, I mean, Coach Cooley knows this. They're going to have to learn quickly. Of course, they're going to learn from do win or lose, but they got to learn from that Greenwood game quickly because you could argue. Maybe they're two toughest
1: games. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tougher.
2: It's like they're two toughest games of the year right here, right off the bat. I mean, that's that is a yeah. I don't think the average fan understands this. That how your schedule lays out is really important because if you play these two teams weeks five and six, maybe you're four and zero. You drop a couple in the middle, you rally off, you finish eight and two. You feel Mm -hmm. a lot different than starting off zero and two. You can win the next two games and you're still only five hundred. That's so fair, with a team that, that lost a lot of leaders off last year's team, Diki Murray, Sirad, you know, there was a lot of people. Cedric Colbert, there was, um, I mentioned Kiki, Papa, Papa Blewett. There, there was a lot of guys on that team. And all of, also, all that's not mentioned, Jeremiah being an incredible running back. Right. They don't have a lot of those guys to lean back on this year. I know they have their captains with Jalen uh, Dobbins and TJ Steele, Jihad. all those guys, I, I, I get that. But they are new leaders to the team. They might be the leaders of the team, but they haven't experienced this as the main guys. Like the guys last year were the, were the group for a couple seasons there. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be very interesting. If they're 0-2, it's going to be really different. Even if they win two more games, they're still sitting at 500. They If they lose this game, they will not have a winning record at best until week five. And that mm-hmm. just makes you feel a lot different confidence-wise, swag-wise, belief in your team-wise, all that than starting off. 2-0, 4-0, whatever to then losing a game. It's it's just a lot different. So I'm I'm very curious to see what happens in this game and what it can mean for Estacado. Is the belief that because you saw it last year, Alexis, when they beat Coronado, when they won that game week one, man, you could tell this team is so locked in. After the game, Jalen's talking about like let's you know, let's make it a state. They believed in themselves. Not saying they don't believe in themselves now, but they will not have that signature win if they lose to Dumas. They're too tough a game right off the bat. They do not have to fall back on like they had Coronado all last season. Mm-hmm. They don't have that this year. Is this game?
1: It might be a different motivation too, because you know they nobody wants to be the team that does things that you know Asher's team didn't do. Nobody. I mean, it's like Kansas basketball. Nobody wants to be that team to break that you know conference championship streak. So now these guys are like you said, they have that adversity, but at the same time, I think they're going to be extra motivated because they want to keep that tradition going, you know, realize that these are going to be tough games, but I don't think anybody's using that as an excuse or a crutch, you know, because put it this way, if they win it, how much more will that give them or how much better will that make them feel knowing they beat a top 10 team when they are in the top 20, you know, as far as rankings went for preseason. So um, definitely, I don't want to say it's a lot riding on this game, but I think it's definitely going to be a, a big one in terms of how they just kind of view the rest of the season. Um, Absolutely. So we'll definitely be tuned into that game. Um, I'm actually going to Sudan at Sundown, um, which I think would be a really good one. Both teams started off with wins. Um, sundown was a little, looked a little more uh, hard-fought, kind of a lower-scoring lower, lower scoring game in 6-0 against Muleshoe. Sudan had to kind of come back against Olton, and they won 37-27. to um, have a new quarterback. Christian Montez is obviously huge for Sudan. Um, you know, you can't replace that kind of that production, but like Coach Cornelius said, you can find individual guys to kind of step up and fill those roles. And I think Bodie Box, that quarterback, really did that.
2: Yeah, we, we, we talked about it. It was pretty surprising to see Sundown, who came on so strong at the end of the year last year, I think making it to the state quarters to come back. Host Muleshoe only put up six points. Now they allowed zero. But having said that, they did do this last year where they kind of start off slow and then came on late in the year. So maybe that's all it was, but this will be a test. I mean, that, that Sudan team, we talked about them and they're like, I know you wrote stuff about them. We, we featured them. That Sudan team is expecting big things. And that Olden game was back and forth. You know, I absolutely expected Sudan to win. It was a little tighter than I even expected. But this week, Sudan has a lot of high expectations. Sundown. I really thought they were going to take that step or at least stay where they were at the end of last year throughout this year. See, so, yeah, I agree that that is definitely a matchup that will be very telling on both teams.
1: I think one thing we can't forget is that they have this, this guy who was kind of a good quarterback and Christian Huey, who's not there anymore. You have a new guy kind of stepping in who did get some reps last year, but again, it's, it's a new quarterback mm-hmm. it's system, um, you know, but yeah, I think credit goes to Sudan a lot for their win against Olton. Um, I think Jack Alcorn for Olton kind of had some – looked like had some injury bugs, was kind of fighting something a little bit. Um, but it looked like Sudan also capitalized on all of their opportunities and able to start off with a win. Um, also, the thing about the Hornets is the past two years at least, they've gone undefeated, you know, in the regular season. Um, and then they lost – or excuse me, no, last year I believe they lost um, – one of their district games, but ended up going to the area round. So this is a team that's, you know, getting a 10 wins, you know, nine wins. Um, pretty, I don't want to say easily, but they're, they're handling it pretty well. Um, so I think that Sudan sundown team or game rather is going to definitely be an interesting to watch out for um, some other ones. We mentioned Slayton Abernathy, Roosevelt, and new Homes. Is there anything else you're kind of seeing that's catching your eye?
2: Those were honestly, the, the major ones were the sundown game, Estacado. Um, you look at Roosevelt and, um, and Abernathy there. Uh, one that I do think, now maybe I'm overrating this a little bit because it's on a Thursday, but we will get to show Ropes um, hosting their first home uh, six-man game, and that's very interesting. They didn't get the win against Lockney. Um, sorry, 11-man, I should say. Reverse that got confused between spring Lake earth is the one that moved down to six man right. Oops, moving up to 11 man and being on a thursday home game would be really nice to see them get their first win uh moving up there so we will get to be out there like I said, I, I, i'm not saying it's a great game but it, it will be very nice to feature them and see if we can catch on camera their first win of the season their first win in uh win in 11 man and it's talk about another thing that's facing adversity that they haven't in a while In six man they weren't facing a whole lot of adversity a lot of the time that that's, I mean, that's why they ended up, you know, it's part of the reason they moved up. Um,
1: They're booming. Industry is booming out there in ropesville.
2: That's right. That's right. So that's, uh, I, I do think that's just something that I had my eye on as far as that'll be, that will be a fun matchup to see if they do end up, you know, pulling off getting that first win.
1: And speaking of adversity, uh, ropes might be the only opponent Lockney has for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Lockney really struggling with some COVID cases and they had to cancel the Floyd County rivalry, which has gone on for over a hundred years, um, against Florida because of outbreaks and cases and things like that. So definitely sending our best wishes to Lockney in hopes that they can kind of get some things under, um, under control and just be safe out there and, um, be able to to play some football.
2: Absolutely. That's a, um, that would have been a really fun game too. You have Floyd, Data, and Lockney there like that. We were looking forward to that one, uh, but yeah. Hopefully, Lockney. Yet, I mean, you're hoping they're playing games here in two or three weeks or so. But, but that could look very, very different. Were they in the season playing seven games, eight games max? I mean, I mean, you're you're hoping for eight. Probably not even going to be that. Maybe seven games. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be very interesting. I did want to mention one other team. Know it's week one. Can never get too far ahead of yourselves though. Uh, post putting up seventy uh, in week one looks like they are back uh, to go for another state championship run. If they do, uh, you and I will get to go back to Jerry's World for a state championship game. So pulling for the Antelopes in that way—that really any of our local teams that can get there—you know—helps uh, yeah. uh, us out. But that um, another impressive performance by po- Not that I wasn't expecting it, like it, but they looked very good. <laughs>
1: I will say this, you know, obviously last year Slayton and Tatum shared the quarterback spot, but it looked, I think Slayton threw for over 200 yards. You know, mm-hmm. where last year they ran the ball a lot more and just kind of um, passed secondary. And that's not to say Ashton's not still involved in that run game, but um, it looks like St- Slayton, at least in that game, kind of hit his stride in terms of being able to pass the ball and get those um, those wide receivers, there, their catches and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's always something you want to mention because you wonder sometimes, you know, okay, had a good year. How are they going to follow it up? Or, you know, are they going to get overconfident or are they going to, you know, uh, whatever, it's just a lot. You're never guaranteed anything at all in any sport. Um, I think we've seen that a lot. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely worth mentioning them to get that big shutout win and, you know, for defense to have another shutout. um, Really interesting to see, this particular group of seniors, what their records look like in terms of wins and losses, shutouts and things like that uh, when their season does come to an end. Um, but yeah.
2: Definitely. Also because we mentioned earlier about a team like Sundown who in week one did not look like what we expected. Yeah. Like you expect post to do this, but it's still, it's still, there's something to be said for coming out and not having that disappointment and just taking care of business right uh was posted you know because sundown i still think is a good team but yeah, week sure. one with the, the off season this has been everything it's such a weird year it's not shocking in a way that th- there's going to be just adversity that everyone's facing but post yeah. you would never guess that I, maybe they did face adversity and they would have won 100 to zero but uh you know it's uh this is
1: 11 not, man not six man
2: yeah it just did not look like post uh it looked like they left the state championship and seven days later had a game and are like, all right, we're ready to to go back.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I thought it was really poignant when I talked to Nathan McDaniel, who's uh, the DB and one of the tailbacks, I believe, um, there at post. And he said, you know, I I don't want to feel that again. I woke up the next morning after that state championship game, and I did not feel good. And he does not want to experience that again. Um, So that goes to just that motivation factor of we're not going to – you know, we're gonna. Not only are we gonna get back, but we're gonna go home, and I'm gonna wake up the next morning feeling really good about myself. And I think that's a huge focus for them. Um, obviously, they'll have uh, a tough district mm-hmm. to put in, um, but I think that district is um, definitely one of the best, at least in our area, in terms of just pound for pound um, matchups and talent and things like that. And another team in that district, like we mentioned, Sundown getting uh, Sudan at home, I'll actually be talking to uh, Roughnecks Coach Adam Cummings in the next segment. So definitely keep listening um, if you've made it this far and hear what Coach Cummings has to say. So I just want to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for, for coming on and we'll be back again next week.
2: Thank you, Alexis.
1: And we're back on the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. This is the second segment, and I'm with Sundown coach Adam Cummings. Coach Cummings, how's everything going?
0: Going really well. Uh, we just kind <clears> of <throat> day by day and uh, just trying to stay focused on the task at hand.
1: Yeah, and you guys started off well, got a 6-0 win against Muleshoe. Um EJ Hernandez had that touchdown the second quarter. Uh, what did you see from the guys early on? I mean, obviously... You know, like we talked about missing spring, but you know having that fall and just being able to to play.
0: Yeah, I mean, you could tell that we hadn't done a lot of football. Uh, we were pretty, you know, how you would imagine a, a win. Uh, it wasn't what we had imagined or, or hoped for in terms of our execution level and in terms of uh, you know just the, the the level at which we played, just our standard. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of mistakes. Uh, but at the end of the day, a win's a win. Um, really proud of the way our kids handled the adversity of of not executing. You know, they didn't ever get down on each other. They stayed positive. they kept fighting for each other. Um, it was just one of those games where, you know we we moved the ball really well between the thirty to thirty, and then we got in the red zone and struggled. And uh, our kids, our kids kept kept fighting. and defensively, we were put in some tough situations uh, and and our defense stepped up big for us. so, you know, all in all, we're we're happy with the win. Uh, obviously, not where we need to be, but we kind of knew that going in.
1: I was gonna say, do I feel like, or do you feel like, at this point, defense is kind of going to be a strength while you kind of maybe work on, obviously, getting a new quarterback and things like that?
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, we need it to be. <laughs> you know, we just need, we've got so many young kids up on our offensive line. Uh, you know, we've got new running backs. We've got a new quarterback, new receivers. We're, we're, we're really young on the offensive side of the ball. You know, we, we're literally returned two starters. And so uh, because of that, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a learning and, and growing process, we, and we know that. We knew that coming in. Um, so, yeah, we're going to depend on our defense to, to keep games close and give our offense a chance to, uh, to continue to improve.
1: And on that defensive side, you had uh, Kevin Garcia with 10 tackles and a fumble recovery, um, Andy Dio with a quarterback sack. I mean, just for those two guys, what did you see from them and how big were they and, you know, just leading that side of the ball?
0: Yeah, you know, Andy, uh, obviously, he's one of our returning starters on, on the offensive side. He's our, our lone returning offensive lineman an uh, all-district selection from a year ago. And, um, you know, we expect – great things from him just in terms of leadership and in terms of work ethic. And, uh, you know, he played he played a good game. Our defensive front, I thought, played well, uh, you know, controlling the line of scrimmage. Uh, and then Kevin uh, at our Mike linebacker spot, you know, did what we asked him to do. I mean, he, he, he read his keys and played well inside out and, and uh, did what we asked of that Mike. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm excited for both those young men. Mm-hmm.
1: Then I don't believe EJ started for you guys last year, but I think he got some playing time um, just for him in particular on the offensive side. Um, I guess how do you see him kind of uh, coming to – or I can't talk – just kind of stepping up for that in that offense?
0: Yeah, you know, EJ, he he played some quality minutes for us last year. You know, the thing about EJ is last year he he struggled with a high ankle sprain uh, for about three-quarters of the year. So he was really never 100% last year. Um, So we really – as a sophomore, didn't get to see his full potential. Obviously, we thought he was good enough to move up as a sophomore, um, so he, he just never got that full opportunity last year. But you know, we're we're going to depend on him heavily this year. He's he's a he's a good kid. He, he was a great work ethic. Um, he he's, he enjoys running the football. He, he likes contact. A very physical runner. So we're really expecting big things from him.
1: You know, like you mentioned, obviously the pandemic going on, did you notice any real differences in um, the way that you guys kind of went out there? I mean, I'm sure you probably some things as far as like the coin toss, but was there any, did it feel different this time versus last year where we didn't have all of, you know, the the restrictions and things?
0: I mean, there's little things, Uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was still, it was still football. It was still coaching, still playing, you know? So I, I think, you know, our standpoint from the beginning of this whole deal was when, when they said that there was an opportunity we were going to get to play and here's here's A, B, C, X, Y, Z of what you're going to have to do in order to get that opportunity, you know, our, our philosophy has been we're, we're, we'll do whatever, you know, if that means us getting on the field on a Friday night, if that means wearing a mask, that means social distancing. Um, you know, for us, it wasn't a political statement. It wasn't a, a, a philosophical statement. It was what what do we have to do to get to play on Friday night? And that was our stance from the get-go uh, the UIL laid out the guidelines and, and the requirements, and we said, that's what we're going to do. And I feel I'm I'm very proud of our kids for for buying into that. I'm proud of our coaching staff for buying into that. Uh, but as far as Friday night feeling different, you know, it, it really didn't. It, it felt like a normal Friday night. Um, you know, our band wasn't in the stands. They were kind of down in the end zone. And so that was – that may have been the most awkward thing of the whole deal was not having the band right there behind us like we normally do because, you know, our band is so good. It, it really adds to the environment. So uh, me and Mr. Malden got together and we're actually going to try to change that this week <laughs> to get them involved in the in the atmosphere, uh, get, them, get them closer to the sidelines. So um, other than that, you know, I thought our kids and coaches handled it really well.
1: Yeah, and I was going to say, I because mean, the fan thing, I think, was one of the ones that a lot of people talked about not having fans or how many uh, fans to actually be there, like you mentioned the band. How much do you think that just kind of amps guys up to have, you know, like that band back there, those fans kind of cheering?
0: I, I, it's our 12th man, for sure. Uh, I, you know, I, th- I think we we need that to, to have the full experience. I think that's part of the – one of the great things about high school football is – is the fan and, and, and uh, band interaction. Uh, you know, our kids love it when the crowd gets loud and gets rowdy, and, and, um, and same thing with the band. You know, the band just adds an element to the environment that I, I think makes high school football special. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's very important.
1: And since the football game, I guess what's been the message to the guys in terms of, you know, kind of being happy with the win but putting that pass and getting ready for Sudan?
0: Yeah, just, you know, not to be cliche, but enjoy the grind, embrace the process, (laughs) other kind of things that are tossed around a lot in the past couple of years. But, you know, we really talk about getting 1% better every day as an individual and and then collectively, you know, if we've got 53 players collectively getting 1% better, you know, we're we're getting significantly better day by day. Um, So that's been our message, just consistency. You know, we've got a lot of, a lot of youth on our team, um, a lot of youth in our program, but, um, you know, just not a lot of varsity experience. And so for us, it's it's really about getting better every day and just being consistent in our approach, whether it be film study, whether it be meetings, practice, weight room, whatever it is, just uh, having a level of consistency of a, of a, a standard of excellence that, that you know, we've just got to learn to approach every day. Yeah.
1: And while you get those kinks worked out, I guess what's exciting about having a young group um, and kind of getting them going and, you know, what's the potential from your perspective of what they can kind of bring this season?
0: Yeah, I, th- I think there definitely is is a level of excitement because they are young. And, and uh, if, if we do our job as coaches and, and they do commit to be, being consistent and taking the same approach every day, uh, the, the long-term potential, you know, not just – here over the next week or so, but you know, over the next month, two months, uh, is really exciting because you know I think they're just just scratching the surface of what they're capable of um, because we are so young and, and so inexperienced. Um, I think every week is is we're gonna we're gonna improve by leaps and bounds if we stick to that process.
1: And speaking of just kind of new things, I mean, I was checking the schedule. I don't know when the last time, if ever, you guys have played CDN. So I guess we we'll went into to scheduling them, or how did that that matchup kind of come about?
0: Um, I really don't know. <laughs> we had, you know, the past couple of years, we we had played some uh, different teams that we struggled getting sub-varsity games, to be real honest with you. And, and uh, whether it be seventh grade, eighth grade, JV, and we were just, you know, we kind of made a conscientious effort to go out and, and try to find teams that we knew would have sub-varsities. Um, Sudan, you know, they, Coach Cornelius was very upfront with me that they, they probably wouldn't have one this year, have a JV, but, but definitely would uh, our, our second year. So it made it nice because I was able to easily find a game for this week for our JV because I knew well in advance. Um, but that was really our, our motivation for, you know, our non-district schedule was making sure we had good sub-varsity competition, um, you know, all the way through without having to go and find games. Uh, and then after that, it was, you know, trying to just find a, a, a balanced schedule of, of different offenses, different defenses, uh, teams that are well-coached. You know, we, you, you always want to play teams that are well-coached because uh, I think that makes you better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, you know, trying to play some bigger schools, some 3A schools to, uh, you know, get us prepared for our district schedule and, and playoff schedule.
1: Then overall, what are you kind of seeing from Sudan? Because obviously they have a, a new quarterback, but kind of same thing Y'all, as far as defense goes, where that seems like it's the strength right now for them.
0: Yeah, they're they're, they're well coached. Uh, Coach Cornelius does a phenomenal job over there. Uh, they play good defense. Um, they're, they're really similar to us defensively in terms of their scheme, what they do, and offensively. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of a multiple spread, and uh, his background is split back veer, and so they still have some of those principles and. Um, they've got some wing wing T stuff and slot T stuff that they they mix in. So, um, but at the end of the day, they're they're very athletic. Um, they pose a lot of lot of threats, you know, at different positions, which defensively can will be a, a big concern for us. And then uh, defensively, they're super aggressive up front, and they've got really active D linemen and, and linebackers. And so we're, we'll have to be super uh, crisp and disciplined up front, you know, to. Uh, to to handle what they throw at us, but I, I'm I'm pretty excited about the opportunity to play them. Um, so I, just knowing how well coached they are and in, in the um, how talented they are.
1: Just kind of piggybacking off of that, obviously you guys had a low scoring game. Theirs was a little higher against Alton, uh, thirty-seven to twenty-seven. They got that win, so you're both coming in one to zero. But do you think this has a making up being a defensive battle and being one of those lower scoring games?
0: I think we're okay with that, you know. Just our style of offense, we're we're more of a ground and pound, uh, three yards in a cloud of dust, top top off. We're okay with that. Um, you know, our big deal is we want to keep the sticks moving. You know, we want to move the chains offensively. You know, we're not trying to hit the home run ball. You know, every every snap. So uh, we're okay with a low scoring game. Honestly, it, it's just a matter of for us, it's what's our execution level, and are we keeping the sticks moving? And then defensively, yeah, we. You know, we, we pride ourselves on playing good defense sundown has a long tradition of playing good defense long before I got here. Um, so, you know, it's it's that that's kind of a, a tradition to uphold, you know, really is, is playing playing solid defense. And, and so, yeah, I, I think that would be, be an expectation for us is to have a, a defensive battle.
1: Is what are the next steps you want to see the guys take? Because like you mentioned, obviously, that first game, kind of working through some different things. But now getting a little more settled into that second game, what's kind of the, the outlook for hoping they kind of grow this week?
0: Uh, you know, our, our approach this week is focus on us. You know, we've, we've got to get better at what we do. You know, we obviously, we're game planning for an opponent. But at the same time, it's really, uh, at the end of the day, it's more about, our execution level, our preparation level, you know, day in and day out. Uh, you know, we talked about that 1% better every day, and, and that's really our focus each day is, is improving the individual, being the best version of ourselves we can be and in and, and, and hopes of making our team uh, better overall. So that's, that's really what our focus is going into this week.
1: Sounds good. We'll be out there this week, kind of catch up some action. So thank you very much, Coach Cummings.
0: I appreciate it, Alexis.
1: And thank you all for listening to another episode of the (coughs) Locusts Podcast.